You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back with a podcast first for you, huh? Yeah, absolutely. So, if you remember last year, we made some kind of resolution, like, a, I guess, New Year's resolutions or goals for, like, our poker, uh, just poker goals in general. And one was to do a live stream. Never did it last year. Did not. It kind of came about, what was it, July 4th. I thought there would be some kind of crazy games. I had uh, gone and seen family. And then uh, ended up going to Champions. Started talking with all those, uh, with everybody there in the game, and it was just a really great time. And they mentioned they had a live stream the next day, and asked me to be on it. You know, they had heard about they. Well, we were talking about the podcast and all kinds of other different things, and I was like, "Well, I'm working, so I won't be able to." Although it does sound like a lot of fun. Well, work ended up canceling, and sure enough, I did my what I would say my first live stream. I did I did a final table that was. Uh, over there at Paramount, but their live stream setup is not, it's not designed to compete with other, like, you know, top-notch live streams. This is a really, really well-produced one, and was, it was so well-produced when I first got there, it's kind of nerve-wracking, actually, getting mic'd up, all the lights are there, I mean, I, you, you, I uh, took that photo and sent you, a, and you put it on our Instagram, and it's a pretty crazy setup. It was kind of like it like it took a while for like the first hour, so I was pretty kind of nervous just being on it. Right, because the live stream I did at um, Prime, one of them back in the day, um, there we didn't get mic'd up though. How was that? Was it that weird was, wearing a mic? I've never I've never even heard of, or I guess I've heard of it, but I never even thought about that. Uh, it was weird getting mic'd up, but like once the mic's on, like it just kind of hangs off your. Uh, off your pants or your like your pocket and then it like goes up your shirt and like it clips onto your like your collar you don't really notice it so i'll tell you what the listeners would notice if you went to the restroom with it on that was one (laughs) thing they said like before the production is like uh if you leave turn your mic off because you know that that'll happen (laughs) it's uh but yeah, that was kind of crazy. The mic quality was really good too. I was kind of shocked when I went back and looked because uh, I I hadn't seen it yet. So I, when I went back and looked, I was like, "Oh God, they they heard everything." Oh, I mean, it makes a huge difference in the audio quality. Obviously, having mics on. I mean, because yeah. I've seen a ton of um, you know local ones. I don't think does anybody have mics. Paramount doesn't have mics. Prime doesn't have mics. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that anybody has one. So yeah, it made a very big difference, though. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it was a really a kind of a experience. I mean, it's it was definitely an experience being in a game where you know everybody's kind of watching your play, judging you, and all that. So it's a, uh, I mean, I'm not real susceptible to that, but still, still will get to you. <laughs> oh, hundred percent, will get to you. Uh, so it was a, uh, but when in the. Uh, Went in there, went to their little their their back room, uh, and they were all super professional about it. Like they scan you; you're not allowed to have any electronics at the table, and all of that. And it was a uh, so I drew the nine seat. It was a super fun table. I thought the uh, 
the guy to my right, that Ben guy, was pretty. He's pretty interesting to talk to, and then like it was just a good table in general. Super action packed. A lot of action players. Maybe not action. Not even the right word. I mean, kind of aggressive. Yeah, I would definitely say that. I mean, it definitely seemed like it was a pretty high. That first stream you played on definitely seemed like the player level was pretty high. Uh, I thought everyone was pretty good. Everybody, like, it was kind of a consensus that Peter, the guy in the one seat, was one of the better players there, uh, which I, I mean, I guess. I mean, like, from what I saw, he's pretty good. Uh, that Romaine guy, I know the Ben to my right, uh, he plays he uh, plays a lot of higher-stakes games, and uh, pretty much everybody seemed like they kind of had an, <laughs> yeah. a clue. So, it was... Uh, did pretty it was weird because there were a lot of hands i thought i screwed up during the stream that were actually fairly decent when i went back and looked uh i would say there was one where i could have fired the uh last well i guess we can go over this one i uh well this is kind of a middle hand but since it already stumbled upon it sure might as well fire it up it's a uh I have six, seven suited. I raise. I flop open ended. Uh, was it? Because he has jack nine. I have. So, yeah, I must have flopped open ended. It must have been four or five. So I definitely flopped. I remember flopping open ended. Uh, I fire the first barrel, and he calls. Uh, it was a jack high flop. So we're gonna say four or five jack. The turn was like a nothing card. I end up betting again for that second barrel. That was uh, the preflop raiser. He ends up calling. The river is an ace, which the guy I'm with the hand in the hand with was pretty good, and I was about to fire the third barrel. But this is great for my range, but it's kind of bad for the story I'm telling, right? Um, yeah, I do agree. It's, it's tough for the story. Um, sitting here with eight high though, this is tough. Like I know what you're saying about, um, it's tough for the story. It hits your range so hard though. I was, I thought, I think I was going to be making this bet here. So, well, I mean, it was my first thought, but okay. So like the hands I'm playing this way would be like the only hand I could ever end up with an ace here is ace jack so which is pretty hard hand to have here like if i'm like if i have a jack am i all of a sudden trying to get value getting value after the worst card in the deck comes for me uh if i have kings or queens this is very because i mean these are all the cards i'm been betting and kind of doing the story now all of a sudden my story switches i was just barreling off with ace king and got to an ace it just seemed like for like I think this is a barrel I was gonna fire if it was like a newer player who did who couldn't read hands as well. But considering this player in the one seat was a experienced player who knows how to read hands, this story is just completely out of line at this point. Uh, it almost it'd be better if almost if it wasn't a, another card and I fired the third barrel because I mean he was he was actually with Jack Wheat Kicker which. Definitely seems like a fold on the river to like any to more aggression, but 
if I'm not like it, like it just killed my entire story when I bet when I do this. Hundred percent. But I was thinking, um, was it Jonathan Little who always has this theory that it's always good to bluff whenever the top card changes or whatever? I understand that it's a tough story to tell, right? But sitting with eight high, I probably still make a stab at it, knowing that my story is garbage, and I probably get called sometimes too. You know what I mean? It would probably a good player. But just sitting with eight high, I think I go for it. Just when the top card changes, I have eight high. I'm never winning if I don't. I think I like the bet there. But you might be, you might just be right on the money with he's snap calling. Just because, what are you even trying to sell? I mean, it's definitely a close spot for me. I think he's definitely a player who can call light, who can call big oh, bets I mean, light. <laughs> then that is an understatement. So I, I don't know. I mean, so here's the question, like. Let's say I forget what the pot was, but let's just go ahead and say it was like three hundred or so, which seems probably about right. Mm, might have been more than that. If I if I raise and it, so let's say it's four hundred. Uh, I mean, if I bet four hundred, I need to take this down one out of every two times. Oh, it was um, it was closer to five hundred. If I remember, I was watching this hand live, and five hundred was just about pot. So, okay, so like 500. So I need to, well, crap, this is really, I'm starting <laughs> to understand why I chickened out here. Uh, oh, my God almighty. Like all of a sudden, I didn't even have it there. I was just chicken. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, so I, if I bet 500 here, I need to take this down one out of every two times. I think it's close. I think this guy, uh, the, so the argument for him folding would be he's as the top pair with the weakest kicker available. The ace just came as a river card. Uh, but I think he's going to... I think there's a very good chance when I bet this, there's no story that makes sense. He's getting now one to one to two on the odds. Well, and the and the straight draw just bricked too. Yeah, 500. So, I mean, it's 500 to win 1,000. Uh, Actually, did the... What was it? It was 4-5? So, well, I guess you would not play 2-3 like this, but... Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean three betting him with two three, but uh, so it, it would have been so interesting if you would have bet five hundred and just see what would have happened. <laughs> yeah, it, so it's much more interesting when it's not my money. Yeah, it's a super interesting one. <laughs> when it's when not it's my just, money, when it's I my say, money being burned to the ground. <laughs> yes, yeah, I say fire away when it's your money. So, so I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna have to like post this in some discords and stuff like that and see what uh what everybody else says. Like I say, it was because it was, it's very weird for like a card to hit your range so hard, but kind of kill the story too that you're trying to tell. So I don't, I, I, I'm kind of at a loss. I don't know if it's a bad play or a good play to not fire that third barrel. Um, for me, the deciding factor is that you have eight high. That's why I'm firing something. Don't know if I'm well, firing yeah. the five hundred. But here's the thing: is it okay? The eight high ceases to matter if the like. Like I say, if oh, let's say I think it's got to be near five hundred to get. Let's, it's going to be have to be a two thirds pot, or this is not getting through at least. No, no, for sure. But I'm saying I'm close on it. But then sitting there with no showdown value leans me towards the betting. Is what I'm saying. Mm, like, that's fair. When I'm deciding, because yeah, like, like you said, hundred percent. That's fair. I'm close I mean, on this as well, and that's what I was saying would be my deciding factor. Oh well, I mean. Well, I mean that's probably the first factor. If you have if the lack of showdown value would definitely be the one of the first things that I was thinking of. The ace hitting my range was the other thing, and then I was like, "Ooh, 
but five hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, five hundred dollars. A lot of money. Uh, so much money. Uh, so I don't know. Super interesting hand, though. I mean, either way. So there was that. Uh, when I started playing on stream, I got off to a really good start. Really getting, really getting lucky, actually, more than anything. <laughs> uh, I raise a six. Uh, get called by nine seven. And, like, it was ace-6 off, but I was on the button. So, it's a fairly standard raise. Flop is ace-9-7. So, he flops bottom and two. You flop top pair, no kicker. Correct. So, I end up a... But what's important is you guys... Did you guys start off shorthanded on this one? No. This was, this was like, yesterday when it was a full table. Okay. So, it did start off full. Okay. So, go ahead. Uh, so, I bet, which is a fairly normal... He check raises me pretty big to 50. I think it's a little weak just having an ace here to like immediately fold to a check raise. I mean, here's my thought I probably just snap fold this because ever since I started one, like back when I first started studying and um, just in general, anytime I have an offsuit weak ace, I just muck it and make my life so much easier. That's probably the best move. I mean, pre flop muck it just. I mean, it's just, it saves me all the headaches. I feel like whenever I do get out of line sometimes and end up with an ace random no kicker, I'm just always left with a headache. Even if I get it like in the big blind, I'm like, oh, here we go. Oh, this it's, is oh, it's get, never great. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, this could get dicey for me quick. Yeah. It's a, so when he does this, he check raises, like you say, this ace weak kicker is pretty shitty. Folding to one check raise with, with top pair. Seems a little weak. I mean, it's okay. If I'm doing this, it seems like I could be doing. I don't know these players yet. Most of them are fairly experienced. I don't know who is and who isn't. I feel like it's a little weak just to check to check to uh, do this and fold. Uh, the turn is a six. That was a great play. Yeah, no. <laughs> so he fires 125. So what do you do here? That this is. Something like I actually had to back myself down a little bit because the first thought was to raise, but then like what he's already shown a ton of aggression with a check raise, which definitely could be a seven, could be ace eight, could be pocket sevens, could be pocket eight. And the one draw that was there where I called thinking maybe it was there, they just got there because <laughs> eight ten is now a uh, is now a straight. Yeah, it's funny if I was first thinking like obvious raise, but then I mean you taught me right back out of it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's so that was kind of the so I end up just making the call. It's definitely one of those ones where it's like if you raising it called, that might not be what we're looking for. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? exactly. Like, this might not be a slam dunk awesome situation. I mean, it it's the best move against this exact hand but against the range of hands he could yeah, have but we don't know his hand his yeah. exact hand i mean obviously in this situation it's phenomenal but everything's easy whenever you know the cards it's a uh so this uh so end up making a uh, uh making a call the turn the river was it was a blank i think it was like a deuce or something like that it was did not change anything he bets into me again and I just make the call. I'm like, there's, there's just too much out there. Like for the rain, for what he's represented with that check raise on the flop, 
I don't think I'm like I see against nine seven. Yeah, I can definitely uh, maybe extract value there, but literally almost every other hand that he would ever do this with is got me beat. Oh, I think your only option is just to call. I don't think you have any other option other than calling. I don't think you're folding. I don't think you're raising. I think it's just an easy call situation. That's a uh, that's good to hear. Uh, I mean, unless you're just way out of line. <laughs> I, I mean, so, I, yeah, I, I think that's well played all around. A good analysis on the turn, I think, though, because I think it'd be very easy just to automatic, like, hand improves, raise situation. Whenever, like you said, I mean, all the better ace, whatever, um, better two pairs out there, sets are out there. If you get all the money in with top and bottom pair, could be a quick way out of, off the stream. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. So I, I like it seems timid from like a I think a viewer point at some point, but I think it's the best way to play this hand. Oh, I can yeah, I agree. Once with your analysis of it, I completely agree. You sold me on it because I think just hearing the story again, your money not mine. I like the raise immediately. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you're right though. I I completely agree. Uh, this next hand is kind of interesting because it's played very, very well. I think by both players. I think I played it well, and one of the players, one of the few players I do have history with is Skyler at the table. Been I've played with him a whole bunch, uh, just at different clubs around Houston, and I would say he is very above average. I would say a winning player, right? Oh, I think I think almost everyone at that table is a winning player. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you had a pretty stiff lineup. I definitely think everyone there was a winning player. It's uh, So he raises ace-five suited. Uh, comes back around to me. I have ace-king. I end up, So I end up three-betting, obviously, as I would with ace-king. He ends up making the call with ace-five suited, which I think is fairly standard, too. The flop was a complete whiff. It was, but it was all, it was kind of all low cards. Uh, which I consider better for my range. Right, you saw the aces, the kings, the queens, all the, right? So we're good with this. Yeah, I have all the, uh, I have all the over pairs. Uh, end up, he checks, I end up betting small. I end up betting, I think, yeah, it was exactly 45, I remember. It was like 45 into 130 or something. Mm-hmm. I'm on board with all this. Uh, he makes the call with ace five. The turn is a five. He checks. I don't remember my reasoning here. I think because I still have all the over pairs. The five doesn't change a whole lot. I end up betting 140 here. I mean, if you're representing an over pair, you're definitely no, not slowing down on a random five. Yeah. So, okay, I'm, I'm agreeing with this. So, he makes what I think is a really good good call here. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's a good call against all the hands I could have here, it, but I mean, in this situation, at this exact moment, it was a very good call to call here with Ace-5. Uh, so, the announcers were actually were asking if I was going to do the triple barrel. Like, I mean, obviously, when I was going, went back to look at it on YouTube, and then I hit the king. So, he checks to me. Uh... Oh, you know what? That's what it was. The uh, jack. It was a jack on the flop, then two low cards, and then the five. 
So I think so when he checks to me, I'm thinking he at this point he has a jack more than likely. Uh at this point, I feel like I have to get value out of a jack. A jack would have called me all the way down. There's no reason to assume that a jack, that I just randomly hit a king here. He checks to me. I decide to go for probably pretty thin value into a, a pretty big pot and bet 240. He ends up making the fold, which, like, yeah, I mean, it was a good fold. I mean, like I say, they, I mean, he called me all the way down. Well, he called me, I guess I was ahead on the flop when he called, but he turned in, turned the five and calls me a pretty big bet on the turn where I'm kind of representing a hands that beating and then folds on the river when I get there. So I thought he actually played that hand really, really well, and I was lucky to hit a king. And if, honestly, I don't remember what I was feeling in that moment. If I don't hit that king, I'm not sure if I fire that third barrel or not. I mean, he'd shown enough strength calling flop and turn. That I might not be. I think he might have called you on the river, honestly, and put you on ace king. I mean, after you call that big turn bet with bottom pair, it was bottom pair, right? Uh, it wasn't bottom pair. There were or two. Like four there was, was a lower card than five or third pair, whatever. Yeah, it is. something like that. Um, if you're gonna make that big call on the turn, I think you're getting looked up on the river. And I, I know he can call light. Oh yeah. I mean, because I remember him calling you one time where you had, well, I mean, you almost went to muck, you didn't go to almost to muck your hand, but you're like ace high. And it was a gigantic pot, and ace high was actually good. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget that one. It was at KD 101. Uh, so I know he's able to, to call like big pots light if he doesn't believe you. So, like I say, a very good player who I think played that hand very well. And just like I say, I was very happy to hit that king on the turn. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I like I said, I think I think even if you triple barrel, I think you're getting that's getting picked off. So yeah, <laughs> super nice to hit that king. Yeah, a hundred percent. I don't know because I heard them saying it. I don't know that that was in my mind right there. I think once somebody calls a pretty big turn bet. I mean, I do have some triple barrels in my range, but it's pretty... A lot of them are going to be kind of committed at that point because that's kind of the moment of truth when the pot starts to get really big. Well, we've seen Garrett Adelstein do this on the um, certain streams and stuff where if you bet big enough on the turn and they call, you know you're in big trouble and you can easily give up on the river in position. Well, especially a lot of my bet sizing, because I do bet smaller on the flop, both when I have it and when I don't. And, like, on the turn bet, like, well, like my turn bet normals, like, obviously, it'll change for the flop, flop texture and everything, but the average is about two-thirds pot. Mm-hmm. So, once I, it's, all my pots are usually raised pre-flop or three-bet. Once there's been a, you know, a, even a small bet on the flop, that two-thirds bet's a pretty good size. And like I say, usually some truth serum to there. And there was one funny, not funny, but interesting statistic that they showed today on the stream was you were the top pre-flop raiser. I think I'm almost always going to be because I was the like hands that you too. play. Like so, the hands that you do play, you're you were the top. You were most wow. You were the person who was raising the most in the hands that you did play. Well, did it say PFR? Is that Pre-flop raise or is that post-flop raise? 
Um, they actually had it listed out. I don't remember oh, which it one was, it was. Okay. It wasn't it was, an abbreviation. No, oh, it, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, that makes a ton of sense. I don't think I have. I have no glimpse to my range, really. Right. So someone was right behind you, one percent behind you, but still, you were number one. So we'll count. Yeah, it's a. Uh, no, I'll take that. Uh, so I am kind of just really killing it here, so far at the beginning of this stream. Uh, I hit a flush on one guy and got really good value on the river. I sorry, I didn't uh, look at that hand before we started the podcast, but so I'm kind of cruising along, doing fairly well. One very interesting hand was the Ace Ten hand. I do you remember was that a three bet pot? Believe so. So okay, so probably I mean, it seems like every pot was a three bet pot on that yeah, first I mean, day. I mean, I mean every if you flatted a, a raise, you were getting squeezed almost. I mean, it seemed like eighty percent of the time. Oh yeah, it was a lot of three bet pots. Uh, the ace. T- so uh, so one of the better players, the same one that I was I had mentioned about that where I did not fire the third barrel, the 7-6 hand. He raises, I end up 3-betting, ace-10 suited. The He ends up making the call. The flop is something like, it was like 8-4-3 or something. I was going to say 7-3-2, but something like that. Okay, yeah, it sound, it's something like that. I... C-bet, he calls, which is fairly standard. I would do this with a lot. And I ch- the turn is a queen. I check the turn. So my reasoning here for checking the turn is not really showing weakness. It's that I think I have enough show. I think I have a, quite a bit of showdown value here. But I think anything I bet and gets called is actually going to be beating me. You agree with that? Oh, completely. I mean, tell you what. Your read on this hand? Spot on. <laughs> so. <laughs> so I check. He bets, I think about half pot. Is, it was probably about right. Weirdly enough, when I, like, I was very shocked because I actually thought this was a fairly standard call. Like, when the announce, when he, it's, when I was listening to the announcer, he's like, this will probably go where Peter uh, bets and Clint folds. Oh, I mean, that's what I thought was going to happen. Uh, I thought this was actually a fairly standard call. I mean, I, this, Oh, you know what? This is a huge part of the hand we screwed up at the beginning. It was 7-4-4. It was a paired board. Makes more sense. Yeah, that makes a ton more sense. So when I bet, he calls. So 7-4-4, great flop for ace high. I mean, either hits hits trips, which is very hard to do in a heads-up pot, or that one random card. So he's, I'm actually beating a lot of Miss Broadways that he actually has on here. Uh, and I bet he calls, and he knows I'm going to miss on this board too, but I'm uh, like ace high is good. When the queen comes and I check it and he bets, there's no reason for me to think that he randomly has a queen here. Uh, I mean, he would, he could have a seven or a pocket pair and be going for value. He is good enough to go for thin enough value, but... I don't know. I mean, like, I think that's a little bit... I think it'd just be super weak to fold ace high here. Just assuming that he has a... Because he bet 100 here, I believe. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, and, I don't know. And a three, I mean, it seemed like a lot of his three-bet calling range has a queen in it, right? 
Uh, oh yeah, it, I mean, definitely could be, but I mean, just randomly hitting. I mean, he could have a ton of stuff here that just completely whiffed. So I don't know. I mean, knowing a player like this is going to know that I miss sometimes and ch- and kind of float the flop to take it away on the turn. This is still a very good board for ace high for me. Uh, I forget what the river was. It was kind of a blank, and it goes check. If he fires the second barrel there, I don't know that I can hold on. That <laughs> I mean, you better not. <laughs> yeah, it's a but it does go check check, and I announce ace high and win. So that was a I think a pretty well played hand by me. I was pretty pretty happy with that one. Oh man, yeah. I, like I said, I was thought it was gonna be folding that turn, so I thought that was a really nice call in the moment. So, uh, let's see. So cruising along with that, this is a hand. I mean, I thought this kind of tilted me in the stream a little bit, actually. <laughs> so we, I have Ace Four suited. I get, I, I raise the same player of the last hand. A very good player. Three bets me. I make the call. This is the one that was like eight, four, three or something. Mm-hmm. So, I check. He bets. You could easily wait. No, there was no four because I didn't hit a pair. Uh, that changes everything. Uh, let's say eight, eight, deuce, three. It was something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So I check. He bets. So this is something you could easily give up on. But he three bet me preflop. He's gonna have a lot of ace king, ace queen. Uh, just king, queen, just a lot of things that missed here. He'll have the overpairs too, but there's a lot more broadways than there are overpairs. Right, a lot more combinations of non-pair hands than there are paired hands here. So yeah, that's exact was exactly my thought. So there was one club in this. There was, I know I said the cards would give me a gutter. Uh, it didn't. It was. I forget the combination of them. They were all eight and lower. I mean, definitely seemed like very low, irrelevant cards in a three-bet pot. Yeah, it's a. W- there was some backdoor straight draws, a backdoor flush draw. So I'm like, well, he's gonna be. I have all the sets because I don't think he three bets eights or lower. I think he just flats with those. So he's capped to one pair. I have all the sets. I have some interesting barrel cards. If a club comes off, it gives me the nut flush draw. There's a lot of cards that would give me a straight draw and also would connect the board even more, making it harder for a uh, one pair to call. So, And I think I can take this down on the flop a good portion of time. So instead of folding, I elect to check raise to 300. He tanks for a while and then makes the call. So I'm kind of ready to fire the second barrel. And a king hits the turn, which hits his range way harder than mine. And like later on, I, th- I was like, well, does he really hit a king here that often? He's more likely to have an overpair. And it might be a actually a decent barrel card. But I mean, like I say, it just hits his range so hard, I decided to give up. And he... But when he calls a check raise, he's shown enough strength that I feel like I need to turn some equity to to go on. Uh, so I check. He bets 500 and I fold. 
300 was a pretty big chunk out of my stack. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, at this point, I thought I just blasted into like, you know, something. I, I thought it was a very big punt by me. I did not realize he had king queen. And when I check raised, I was ahead. Oh, yeah. I thought it was a great check raise because I was watching it live. I didn't hear the breakdown. And I was watching and I was like, oh, well, this is a bummer. Clint's going to lose this hand right here whenever he check bet folds what I thought it was going to go. And then whenever I saw it go check bet raise, I was like, oh, man, Clint's on fire right now. So I was thinking, because those two hands kind of happened back to back. Yeah. It's a super good read in the moment. I mean, great play. Yeah, I mean, I just thought the range was way better for my hand than his. So it's a, but, but in the moment, I felt like, I mean, this guy's just got to overpair. I'm just trying to try to blast him off with 300, and I'm just getting stupid with money. So it, I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility, but that wasn't that time. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be times where it is that. That's a hundred percent. So ended up that ended up being a fairly decent play on, on that one. Like, but uh. But in the moment, it kind of tilted me because I didn't at that in that moment. I felt like I, it was more of a punt than a good play. Uh, so I kind of get whittled down a little bit, and like the streams got like an hour to go. I was up as high as like I think eighteen hundred or so, and I get whittled down to like like eleven or twelve. So I'm. But it's crazy; these games are so big that those swings just happen so easily. Like. You can swing that much and really not be involved in that many big hands. Oh, you're a hundred percent right. It happened to me today. It's uh, so I'm like, well, I kind of want the stream to end because I mean, I want to end it on a good note where I win something. Uh, so this last hand, I have queen nine suited. It's straddled to fifteen. Somehow I miss this hand. I was watching all the stream and then I missed this hand. <laughs> it's uh, so wait, it was in the last thirty minutes, right? Probably, yeah. Oh, you called me when I was watching. That's why I didn't see it. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, so, I've been kind of aggressive. I just took down like a, a decent pot with Queen Jack preflop. Uh, it's a straddle pot to 15. It comes around to me. I have Queen 9 suited. I'm like under the gun plus 2, I think. I raise it to 45. Goes around to the player who straddled and he calls. I flop the absolute world when it flops Queen Nine. It flops Jack Ten Three with two diamonds. So I get even a better gift when the guy actually donk donk bets into me for fifty. So I'm raising here. 100%. I mean, if you're, I mean, this is the dream flop. I mean, like I can make a, make an argument for maybe just calling open-ended straight draw or a flush draw. But I mean, when you have both, this is, this is the time to really go for it. Uh, I make it 150 and he calls. Uh, The, the turn hits me. I hit, I drill the nuts when the eight comes. He checks. He has about a little over 400 left in his stack. I bet 175, which is less than half the pot, but a decent decent amount of the stack. I think I could probably bet less here and get his stack in on the river, but 
It's a uh, I bet 175. I'm looking to bet. I'm looking to size down to definitely not let this guy off the hook. Uh, he calls, and the the river changes nothing. He jams. I turn over queen nine, and he has ace king, which is a very weird hand to show up with here. Uh, I don't. I honestly don't know how. I don't. I mean, I'm not gonna criticize him. I mean, I had a hand today that went off the rails that did not need to be there. So we all have hands that go off the rails, but it was definitely a hand that I think, yeah, it just kind of one of those that kind of went off the rails for him. Yeah. Um, anytime I, um, the play, whenever you, you know, commit their stack by bet sizing, that's some of my favorite um, skill in poker. I think so. I think that's really a good idea. Uh, I think that's... A, Something that I have not been very good at. I think you're you've always been a little bit better at that than me, and it's definitely a great skill to have. No, absolutely. Like <laughs> it's funny though. Sometimes it goes the opposite way. Whenever I think Bart said this one time, whenever you get like the opposite, you're like stuck to where you have to call. Like, I've I've hero called a bluff one time with bottom pair. I had, I mean, we can't even get into it because it's so dumb. But <laughs> moral of the story is I had like basically the worst hand I could ever have. And some guy went all in, but it was like all in for, in an $800 pop, it was only less than $100. And I was like, wow, I guess I call. I mean, I'm never going to win, but I guess I call. And he had ace high and I had pair of deuces. God, I bet that I bet that person came unraveled, didn't he? I told him I had the best kicker. I had a three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he did. He did come unraveled. And then he was like, are you texting your friends about that hand? And I was like, kind of. Yeah, I am texting Clint. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there is a podcast that is on episode three or something that needs to hear about this. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is about the entire world. Don't worry about who I'm texting because the entire world's about to know. <laughs> yeah, but I do remember that. But it's kind of like the opposite, right? Where you don't try to bluff somebody whenever the pot is 800 and they have 70 bucks left, right? Chances are they're calling. Yeah. Um, but it's also the same as like... I like when you commit someone's stack without them even kind of realizing once he calls at 175, it's the same as you shipping it and him calling. Yeah. A lot of the time. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah, that being able to, like, kind of size it to where the just the, the stacks in by the river is really, really good. And, I mean, I think that's one of the things I noticed when I start playing with, like, players who were above my grade at a certain point. And, I'll, and they could just do that so easily. <laughs> what I notice when I play against people above my grade is whenever they set up their bluff to where your stack, your stack is the pot on the, by the river. Oh, yeah. That's always whenever you're like, well, I mean, how am I ever going to win? <laughs> like, I mean, clearly I'm at the wrong game. But, <laughs> I mean, so, but yeah, like I, that's what I know. So I'm playing as really good players whenever they can size their bets to make your pot, your stack pot by their river jam. Well, I was like, lately I've been uh, studying some bet sizing and it like, I tell you what, well, and I've, I've gone over it on this podcast, but like the three and four bet pots was just like such a huge, uh, crap hole for me when I, when I get into it, my sizing was just off the charts, dumb. And since I've actually fixed that leak in my game, my game's gotten way better. So that was a, I have to give it to a credit. Like when I was red chip poker had like a complete bet sizing course 
and I haven't even finished it, but just the the modules I've gone through were like I'm only it was just so far off. That's what that I mean, like module two, I'm already I'm already like doing things better than I used to. I was about to say, yeah, whenever you're that far off, because I remember we would talk about that, and we'd like, so my four best just always all in. <laughs> like, yeah, I was I mean, like, I mean, I didn't because I was like, well, there's like half pot bet, there's two thirds pot bet. I mean, I was like. Who would? Why would you do a one fourth or one third pot bet or any? So it just, yeah, it was a uh, kind of crazy, but yeah, it was a. Uh, so I mean, it was a. But I will say this: very, very interesting to be part of a live stream like that. So it was especially a top notch one. This is what I meant to ask you this whole time. I want to be started, but you got right into a hand. Okay. What did you think about playing the Nick game for the first time, or like the stand up game, I guess as others call it? And didn't did you say you played Seven Deuce as well? We didn't play seven days. We played the Nick game. Uh, it was I like it a lot. Do you? I don't think I would like it that much. But I mean, in like we only went over my first live stream. I ended up doing another live stream today. I was just waiting to uh, for the next podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, no, it, but like, I was just it was like it's taken some getting used to because it changes things a lot. But I was letting it change things more than it should change things. So it's, a, it's I think, a lot of fun. It adds another element to the game. But I think I was not very good at it at the beginning. I was, I think my strategy was off on it. I mean, shoot. That'd probably be a good cliffhanger for next week. Well, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be, my strategy was very off on it. And <laughs> I got I well, got pushed over a cliff, so yeah. Well, they'll probably get to actually go. They'll probably go see it before they even come out with the next podcast if they want. Yeah, I mean, if you want to see me, just make, <laughs> say, looks... making the dumbest. Because I mean, you know, the first live stream uh, went there. I was like, I hope I don't do anything just completely moronic. I didn't, but the second li- but the second day, I fixed that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember on my my first appearance on a live stream, I um. I was card well. I got smoked right at the beginning before the stream even started, for a ton of money. Where I had like ace king, where I flopped top two versus a flop flush or something, so never great. Um, and I ended up my last hand. It was like crazy action, and I was like, "Here's my quadruple up moment." Went all in with like seven eight suited. I mean, mm-hmm. my equity number just so small, so small. <laughs> Just no equity. They're like, are you winning? I'm like, there's no, t- I mean, if I, I'm going to be a miracle. I told, cause like we ended up being all like, it was like, I was already all in cause I shoved all in pre-flop and there was so much action and the guy ends up getting heads up to the turn. I'm like, I mean, I don't, I mean, I probably don't even have outs. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm like, so, I mean, aside from a missed deal miracle happening, I'm going home and I did. Yeah. So definitely been there in that situation. That's a yeah. That was a that's 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 a tough one without a doubt. Because <laughs> in the moment, well, I'll just end it with this. In the moment, I thought I was like, this can't be that bad of a play. Like I could quadruple my money. Like how much equity do I need to have for that to be good? I'll tell you what. I think I was like single digit equity. I was like, this is. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was like, like because like in the moment, like this can't be that bad. And when I went back and watched, I was like, this is. I mean, this is the worst. <laughs> like. <laughs> I think I was against like aces and kings or something. And I have like seven, eight suited with a prayer. I'm like, come on. (laughs) But yeah, we'll hear about your seven, eight moment next week. Yeah, that sounds great. (laughs) Talk to you then. 
that was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up, add time, and we'll see you next week.